Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Deep Diving Into Anxiety. Today, I'm continuing our discussion about how we can make our brain a little bit more resistant to anxiety. And I've already talked about awareness and mindfulness. Those are very important, and you can't have mindfulness without awareness and vice versa. Both are really important and acceptance. And that's what I'm going to go into today because that really goes hand in hand. And it's not a great idea to be mindful without acceptance. So definitely an important episode if you use mindfulness. This is really important because anxiety isn't the problem. We think it's the problem, and that's why we want to try to get rid of it. But it's not anxiety that's the problem. We need to have anxiety right? We, otherwise we would constantly be in danger. It's how we respond to that anxiety. That's the problem. So we need to have anxiety, but it's only adaptive when we know how to respond to it. And when we know, okay, this is something that we need to be nervous about. You know, I'm walking down a street in the middle of the night, down a dark alley, and there's a guy wearing a balaclava coming towards me. I should be a little bit anxious, right? So now I'm going to be on my guard just in case we need to be able to respond to it effectively at the right time. So now most of the time anxiety, it wants us to avoid danger. It's always looking out, avoiding danger and most of the time, unfortunately, there isn't really danger there. And so we end up falling into this experiential avoidance where we're going to do whatever we can to avoid anything that's going to make us feel anxious. We don't like the feelings. We don't like the thoughts. So we're going to do anything to avoid those feelings and thoughts and situations that might make us feel that way as well. But unfortunately, that avoidance, it only makes anxiety, depression, emotion dysregulation, all of those emotions worse. Whenever we try to suppress our emotions, we're elevating our sympathetic arousal and we're becoming even more reactive to things that are going on to us in, in any emotional trigger. We're just so reactive when we're over aroused. And so then we're going to experience, of course, more distress. And when we, the more we push, you know, we, we hear that saying, what you resist persists. And we also see more rebounds. So what that means is, you know, even though you might have calmed down, you're probably going to see this rebound effect where we're actually feeling more anxiety later with rumination. Now we're ruminating, ruminating, ruminate, even though there isn't even anything anxiety provoking, provoking, provoking happening. Uh, same thing too with pain. If we try to distract ourselves or suppress our thoughts and our feelings or pain, we feel that pain more. Pain recovery is slower. And we believe, guess what? That we can't handle it. And so it also affects our self-efficacy. And that's exactly what anxiety is. Remember, I can't handle it. Unfortunately, so many people try to suppress their anxious feelings. And especially a lot of our kids and, and teenagers, they try to suppress those. It becomes a default sort of response. That's not helpful either because it's just making anxiety worse. It's increasing the tension. Everything else is going to get worse and we're going to be more likely to feel anxious in the future and ruminate. So therefore, to respond in more helpful ways, we first need to be aware of anxiety, right? That's really important, knowing that it's showing up in the first place, which I've already talked about in episode 20. I then talked about the mindfulness in episode 21, and I've talked about fear extinction. But today I'm really talking about that acceptance piece, like I said, because it goes hand in hand with mindfulness. Now, just to recap, the goal of mindfulness 
uh, is to be aware of the present moment and to be in the present moment. Acceptance is to not change our experience of anxiety in any way. So we're simply noticing what's happening in our bodies and in our minds. We're not overly identifying with them. We're not reacting to them. We're not getting carried away with them. We're not judging them that this is bad because all of those things that we could be doing just makes us more distressed. So mindfulness is one piece, but acceptance is so important too. Now, mindfulness and acceptance, they're strengthened through regularly paying attention to what's happening moment to moment. And so that's why small little practices many times throughout the day are so important in building that mindfulness muscle, which I've already talked about. I posted some sample activities in the mindfulness episode, but I want to just, let's do a quick one now. I think it's just really good to always be practicing these. So all I want you to do is Pay attention to your body. See if you can just pay attention to your whole body right now. And then just drop your awareness down into your left foot. Just see if you can pay attention to your whole foot. And now I want you just to pay attention just, just to the top of your foot. What can you feel? And label that. You can picture it in your head if you want, but label it. Like right now, I kind of feel tingling. And then take a moment and feel the bottom of your foot. What do you feel in the bottom of your, of your foot? I'm freezing cold right now. So my feet feel cold. So the bottom is definitely tingling, definitely cold. Now bring your awareness to your toes, to your big toe. What do you feel? Again, I feel coolness and tingling. What about your baby toe? So just dropping in lots of little moments. It doesn't need to take very long, just dropping in and feeling what your body feels like. Mindfulness, it's bringing that awareness to our moment by moment experiences. And a lot of it's just what's happening in our body, but it could also be what's happening in your senses, right? Just noticing right now, what are your predominant senses? Hearing for me, hearing, feeling. So just whatever takes over in the moment, it could be anything like that. Acceptance is just that accepting and even welcoming whatever those experiences are without trying to change them or getting caught up in the story of it. What is it that I'm experiencing? And scientifically, objectively, simply labeling it. It's important to be very objective because our brain wants to go to good and bad. My left shoulder is tight, right? I can feel it tensing. It's not, oh my gosh, I'm in so much pain. How can I live like this for the rest of my life? I'm gonna, my life is over because I'm in so much pain. It's easy to get caught up in those stories, especially if you have chronic pain. But that's the story that we get caught up in. The fact of it is the objective matter is my left shoulder is really tight, right? Or actually I've got shingles right now. So admittedly sitting here is quite painful and I feel like stabbing all over my backside as I'm sitting here. So I'm just on the tip of my chair um, and in my lower hip, like it just feels like a stabby, but I'm not getting carried away in the story. I've got work to do. I want to do my podcast. There's things that I still need to do. I'm not trying to ignore it and suppress it. I'm actually sitting it right before I came on here. I was sitting with it and feeling it and labeling it objectively. So it's all about how we're responding to our experiences. So the emphasis here, it's changing our relationship to those internal experiences rather you know, whether they're the feelings or the thoughts, rather than trying to change them. If we're in pain, we sit with it and we feel it on purpose without that story or, or without trying to take painkillers to make it go away. We're exploring it with curiosity. Like, hmm, 
What does this feel like? Is it stabbing? Is it tense? Is it pressure? We're really trying to get as specific with it as possible. Now, I just want to say quickly that we can't have mindfulness, I've kind of been alluding to this, on its own. We can't just be mindful without the acceptance piece. They have to go hand in hand because people who are mindful, and I mean, I hear it all the time, almost all of my, especially my teenagers and young adults, they're like, Caroline, I am very aware of my anxiety. I don't need to bring any more mindfulness to my anxiety because I'm very aware, or I'm very aware of my pain, or I'm very aware of everything that's going on, right? But the problem is they can be aware and they can be mindful, but they're not accepting accepting. And so if they're mindful of it and they're not accepting it, then they're judging it. And that's going to worsen the anxiety because now they're caught up in the story of it. So that's why acceptance is so critical because when people don't accept their experiences, they're now going to avoid those experiences, right? And they're going to create this vicious cycle of trying to control it, avoid it impossible to do. It just makes anxiety stronger. That's exactly what anxiety wants us to do. So trying to suppress those experiences actually only increases those unwanted feelings, increases those thoughts. Remember, there's this ironic processing in the brain. If you've heard me talk about that before, as soon as I say, don't think of an elephant, whatever you do, don't think of an elephant. Where does your brain go exactly to where I said not to? Hmm, that must be really important. Why should I, I should really be thinking of an elephant, right? That's where our brain goes. However, when we can accept our experiences as they are without judging them, you know, I'm not judging my shingles, as painful as they are, I'm not trying to control them, I'm not trying to change them, I'm not trying to avoid them, I'm accepting it. And we will find that that anxiety actually subsides. And the pain for me as I'm talking is far less than it was when I first started doing this episode. That's not our goal, though. Remember, we don't want to try to force it. It should never be forcing and then we're not being mindful. So it's just willing to stay in contact with whatever the experiences are, even if they're uncomfortable. And I love the quicksand analogy. Um, where, you know, we want, we'd likely want, if you've heard me, sorry, I'm always saying those same stories over and over again, but I think that they're really good analogies. But with quicksand, we probably want as little of us touching that quicksand, right? <laughs> because we're just like, ah, we would think that we'd get sucked in more. We, I think all of us now know we don't want to struggle because the more we try to struggle and get out of it and avoid it, we're just going to sink even faster into it. But what we actually have to do is make full body contact. The very opposite thing that we want to do. Nobody wants to make full body contact with quicksand because we'll probably just assume that we'll sink in. But we need to be able to, you know, spread our arms back and lay back into it full body contact because then our feet get unstuck. We get unstuck, we can roll out of it. And that's sort of what we need to do right? Again, we're not trying to force anything. We're not trying to make anything happen. Force acceptance, right? With, with the secret goal of trying to reduce that anxiety, trying to reduce that discomfort, because that's not acceptance. If that's our goal, that's not acceptance. It's being able to be there regardless of how bad the anxiety is or how, how bad the discomfort is. I'm accepting it for what it is. You know, because if we aren't really accepting it, we're trying to, okay, I just got to accept it. I just got to be mindful because then that's going to help me feel less anxious. No, 
because we're still secretly judging that experience is bad, right? And that it needs to go away. And then I, I can't feel this discomfort. So to be truly accepting, we have to simply be with our experiences, no matter what happens, no matter what they are, whether or not they get more, you know, more severe, or if they get better, it doesn't matter. So mindfulness and acceptance that helps us to change our awareness and our relationship to that anxiety because our prefrontal cortex, it can now see the full picture. And remember the amygdala likes to cut off that prefrontal cortex and only give it a tiny little sliver of information. But now when we're mindful and accepting our prefrontal cortex can take in all of the information, it can see the big picture and now it can do its job. And its job is to calm the amygdala, to, to rationalize, to be like, see little amygdala, don't worry right now. Thanks for doing your job, but it's okay. We've got this under control. So being open to our experiences, that helps us see anxiety for what it is. It's a passing feeling. It's a passing thought. It's just a thought. It's not reality. We also recognize that anxiety is a normal human experience, and we can stop beating ourselves up thinking that we shouldn't be anxious. It is what it is. So even though we might have the exact same experiences of others, and I know I've talked about this before too, you know, two people might have social anxiety, but it might look very different from one person to the next. But people who practice this acceptance piece, they tend to experience less intense fear, obviously less catastrophic thinking because they're out of their thinking brain than people who don't use acceptance. So even though they might have the exact same severity, People who do incorporate the acceptance don't feel the same level of intensity with their anxiety and they don't get caught up in, in, in it as easily. And we actually see a lot better persistence. And so you think of our anxious kiddos who give up the minute things get challenging, the minute things start getting difficult for them. As soon as they start incorporating that acceptance, they're more persistent because they know they can handle it. The exact opposite of what anxiety wants us to believe. I can handle it. I know that this is temporary. I know what's happening, right? It is what it is. I'm just going to ride this wave of my panic attack. So again, we see anxiety for what it is. In this case, it's tolerable. It's, it's not only tolerable, I can manage it, but it's going to pass. Just like anything, it's going to pass. And when we try to push it away or if we try to distract ourselves, we're reinforcing the message that I can't handle it. It's not tolerable, right? But with acceptance, we can see I can handle this and I've got it and, and I can manage. So acceptance, it's, it's really important too. You know, I talk a lot about dials. We've got these two dials that I talk a lot about in my anxiety compass training, but also with my clients. One is the anxiety dial. We have absolutely zero control over how far it's turned up, how strong it is, how frequent it is, how intense it is. We have no control over that anxiety dial as much as we'd like to have control. We think we have control over the dial, but we don't. And any attempts to try to change that intensity of the anxiety or to try to take control of that dial only backfires. Now, our other dial, that's our acceptance or our willingness dial. But really here, we're talking about the acceptance. When I talk about willingness, it's willingness to live life to do things that we need to do, even if we're feeling anxious, you know, even though I'm feeling like I'm in a lot of pain right now with my shingles, I still wanted to do this podcast. It was still important to me. So I'm still willing to do life and same thing with anxiety. I still get anxious when I go in front of big groups of people, even though I've been doing it for over 20 years and thousands of people, I still get nervous. 
but I'm able to move forward and do it anyway. So that's the willingness piece. I have no control over the anxiety. Certainly it's gotten easier for me over the years, but I know I've got hundred percent control over that willingness that I'm willing to do the things that I want to do that are important to me. Now with acceptance, we're acknowledging that we have no control of that anxiety dial. So we don't waste our life trying to find ways to control it, right? We can actually go on with life knowing that this is that unwanted sort of pesky, annoying, sibling right that we don't want to have come with us on family trips because they're so annoying and whiny all the time but they gotta come with us anyway and so we may as well just enjoy as much of the trip as we can acceptance is also important because it helps us live life in the present moment it really supports that mindfulness because we're often living in the past or the future we you know beating ourselves up for things we have done or wanting things to be different in the future or worried about things that are going to happen in the future and we just set ourselves up for sadness and stress and all this negative self-talk that, that we should be stronger, that we should be braver. But with acceptance, you know, if we have a crappy job, if you have a crappy teacher, if you are in a crappy situation, we don't get caught up in ruminating and ruminating. I wish it was better. I wish it was better. If only I could lose 20 pounds. I'd be happier. If I could only just find my perfect spouse, I'd be happier. If I could just get this boyfriend, I'd be happier, right? Or and I hear it all the time with kids, you know, just once I'm over this hump with my friend, or if, if that, if they break up, then I'm going to have my friend back. It's always, if this happens, if this happens, we're waiting and waiting and waiting, we're missing out on life. We're missing out on all of the good things that are actually around us right here and now. And when we're here and now we can be objective and we can actually see the problem as it is. We can see anxiety as it is. We can problem solve better and we can actually do things to make our lives better rather than feeling totally helpless. I recently worked with a woman who's very anxious with work and, and she just absolutely hated it. Everything about it, you know, I would kind of broke it down. What are all the things that, 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 that you hate? And she's like this and this and this and this and this and this. I'm like, what's kind of okay. She couldn't identify anything. There's a couple of things that she identified were a little bit better, but it was just this laundry list of hate. So then we looked at what she could control and what she couldn't control. So she has been looking for another job. She's trying to take that into control, but it's not like she can control getting a job. It's not like she can make herself get the job that she's just interviewed for, right? The work itself at her current job, she couldn't control the work itself that had to get done. There were necessary tasks. I mean, she hated that, but she couldn't change it. Um, but we're getting her to a place of acceptance. So the things that she could change, fantastic. Let's focus our energy there. Let's not waste our energy on those things. That, you know, you can't, you can't change. So by getting her to get to that place of acceptance, she could let go of the stressing and the hating and the complaining and see what she could do instead. Like, okay, well, I've got this. Let's label this. Where do I feel the tension in my body? But what can I, what can I do within this? So maybe she could listen to a podcast or a music. A lot of it was just like mindless. She didn't even have to think. So she could do something like listen to a podcast as she did it. The work was what it was. And as soon as she could see that, you know, and, and letting go of that piece, she could move forward and actually enjoy her work. And then she had the energy to do that work because 
stressing that creates a lot of uses up a lot of our energy and it's exhausting because she's spending all of that energy avoiding things and complaining about things and procrastinating and then getting stressed because now she's got all of this work on her plate. And guess what? When we're focusing on that acceptance piece with work and looking at what she can control and what she couldn't control, her relationships improved as well, not just with our coworkers, but also with our family and her spouse, because now she's not spending all of that time sitting in frustration and getting exhausted and feeling all this anxiety and stress and bringing that into our relationships, because that was just making her snippy and, and way more negative and just tired, not wanting to hang out. It's just, you know, becoming a bummer to be around. When we accept, we don't see that same sort of rebound effect, you know, where we, uh, we see it when we try to distract ourselves, but it's still looming. You know, you can go and watch TV, but that anxiety and stress is still looming underneath. It's still bubbling up. And, and when we try to distract ourselves, I mean, there's so many strategies out there that I see people use and try to, to try to just distract ourselves, change, shift our focus. We're not actually resolving things right? So they're always going to creep back up. The very next time a trigger comes up, we're not actually doing anything or resolving anything. But when we can acknowledge and accept our feelings and acknowledge and accept the stress or the situation, we can move on and not get stuck with them. And over time, we might even get to a place of rolling our eyes and being like, oh my gosh, there's that whole, my life sucks story again, or, oh my gosh, I hate my work story. You know, there's that annoying coworker. That's where we want to get to. And kids actually really buy into that as well, right? Just thinking of the annoying kid or the mean kid, we can roll our eyes. Oh, there's that story again, not getting stuck with them. So acceptance, it really helps us just relax into reality. And it helps us appreciate everything going on around us. We are almost just more grateful anyways, without having to do anything extra. We're more likely to take on new challenges and persist with challenges. And we're going to meet new people and we're going to build our resilience, all of the things that we want our kiddos to be able to learn and to do. When we're unwilling, that's when we stay stuck in our anxiety and our stress. And we're struggling with anxiety for the rest of our lives until we're able to come to terms with it. I love talking about Viktor Frankl, actually. I love his story. So if you don't know Viktor Frankl, he was a Holocaust survivor. And I mean, he saw, you can only imagine what he went through. All of his family was tortured and murdered. He was tortured. He was beaten, you know, starvation. Everyone's dying around him. It was really hard to see. And he, it was funny because he talks about it was the optimists who died first. The people who are like, today's the day. Today's the day the war is going to be over and we're going to be safe. He wasn't an optimist. He was a realist. He, he accepted the situation. And that's where he found that's what saved him was coming to the place of acceptance. This is what it is. I have no control over it. Whereas the optimists, they maintain today's the day, today's the day, today's the day, today's the day, today's the day. But how long could they maintain that? And then they felt completely hopeless because they realized nothing was going to change. But Viktor Frankl, he learned to accept it. He saw that he didn't have control over whether or not he was being tortured. He had no control over whether people around him were going to be killed or, or whether he was going to have a meal, right? Or what was going to happen. He had no control over that. But he did know he had control over how he responded to his environment, how he responded to his captors. And so he maintained that assertiveness over his own mind 
and that acceptance piece that this is what it is and dropping into the body and being mindful, being in the moment and being able to respond in helpful ways. And that's ultimately what helped him survive. Also, you know, sometimes that can be hard for, for people to relate to improv. And I do a lot of improv, especially with, I've got some teenagers who love doing that kind of stuff. Improv is all about acceptance. So even if you think your partner's ideas or other people in your troops ideas are terrible, it's all about yes, let's. You're not allowed to say no. You're not allowed to block anything that they suggest. Even if it's ridiculous, it's like, yes, let's, we're going to do it. So what ends up happening, it keeps things moving forward. The minute anybody says no, they get stuck. And guess what? The scene falls flat. It's over. They're booed off the stage, right? But when we say yes, and yes, and yes, and yes, and even though it's a really dumb idea, yes, let's do it anyway, it keeps us moving forward, right? And in reality, you know, that makes us more powerful, we're more empowered, and we're able to manage life no matter what it throws. Yes, this really terrible thing happened, and I'm still moving forward. So as part of acceptance, it's really helpful to expect anxiety to show up. With Viktor Frankl, he just knew one day to the next that some horrible captor was going to come and try to torture him. Right. So he expected, so it wasn't always a surprise. <gasps> oh my gosh, the war's still on, right? He just knew here we go. And he was able to get on offense. And that's what a big part of managing anxiety is. It's getting on offense. So with all of my clients, I never say if it shows up, I say when it shows up. So, you know, it's, Tuesday afternoon at three o'clock, when is anxiety going to show up again? Oh, probably eight o'clock tonight or maybe eight o'clock tomorrow morning, right? We are predicting when it's going to show up. So then it's not so unexpected. It's not so startling. And that's what it wants to do. It wants to startle us to get that prefrontal cortex offline so it can sort of take over. So we can expect it. Oh, there you are. I told Caroline that you were going to show up at eight o'clock tonight. I knew it. Right. And even if it does come a little bit earlier, oh, wow, it's six o'clock. I wasn't expecting you for a couple hours. You're really trying to scare me today. Right. So then it's not that unexpected piece. And we get out of the should. I should always be happy. I should never feel anxious. When we expect it, we can be like, aha, I knew you were going to show up. There you are. I was wondering where you've been. Maybe it doesn't show up. Oh, that's strange. And then it shows up a few hours later. Oh, you're trying to trick me. I was wondering where you were, right? We can always be on offense. It's not good. It's not bad. It is what it is. It's normal. It's part of being human. Another one, I love analogies. And especially when we're working with children and uh, teens, metaphors and analogies can be really helpful. So the one metaphor that I often love is the unwanted uh, party guest. So you have a couple of options here, you know, like it's your birthday and it's going to be a huge celebration and all your family and all your friends are going to be there and your favorite band is going to be there or music artist is going to be there. You're going to have a big spread, the best birthday cake you've ever seen in your life. Now everybody's coming, but there's one person you don't want to have at that party. And guess what? That person shows up at the door. So these are your two options. One is to keep that party guest out. You don't want them there because you know this person is going to be a loud mouth. They're going to ruin your party. They're going to eat your cake. They're going to open all your presents. They're going to shout at the band. They're just going to make the party miserable. You don't want them there. So you want to keep them out, right? But this is the kind of person who doesn't take no for an answer. And they're going to do their very best to make it really bad for you. So maybe they're going to walk around the house with a big 
um, blow horn, you know, just yelling obscenities into the party, or they're going to throw bricks or tomatoes. Like they're just going to cause a scene because they're really mad now that you didn't let them into the party. So that's one option. Now you might be successful keeping them out of the party, but now your party's over, everyone's leaving. And you realize you didn't even get to say hello to anybody. You didn't even get a chance to say hello to the band because you were so busy keeping that party guest out. Or your other option is to roll your eyes. I really hoped you weren't going to show up today. Let that person in. They're annoying. You can hear them eating your cake, opening your presents, yelling to the band, but you can still hang out with your friends. You can still listen to the band, even though there's that annoying guest, you know, in the background, you know, it's happening, but you can enjoy. So that's kind of like anxiety. It's like, oh, I was really hoping you wouldn't show up today, but I'm still going to do what I want to do. Even though you're there, I can feel you, you know, those thoughts, it's super annoying. So sharing some metaphors like that can be really helpful. So with acceptance, it's come on in, do your thing. I know you're going to be annoying. I know you're going to eat my cake. I know you're going to open my presents, but I'm just going to go over here and I'm going to do this thing because this is really important for me today. My favorite band is here. All of my friends are here. I've been locked up in COVID for two years. I'm going to have a party. So you go do your thing. That's acceptance. That's kind of where we need to get to. So to practice acceptance, we're still being mindful. Mindful. That's still really important. So we're taking time to experience whatever's happening, whether it's the thoughts or the feelings that are happening. And we're just taking note of that experiencing. Label it. Listening. Listening. Seeing. Or whatever the, the physical sensation is. So we can look at our senses, but we can also look at burning, stabbing, tension tingling, suffocating, right? Like you can just label it. We're, we're not trying to change it. We're not trying to do anything. We're just labeling it very objectively, dropping into the body. Now we're, we're, we're not going to try to do breathing. We're not going to try to force relaxation because that's trying to change the experience. And that's why that's a common trap that we often fall into is just trying to breathe but it's never resolving the underlying problem. It's just another distraction. Yes, breathing is important, absolutely, but when used correctly at the right time and with the right purpose, if we're trying to force ourselves to relax, that's not gonna help. That's not gonna resolve the underlying sort of habit loop that we're caught in. So we're simply noticing, not doing anything other than acknowledging and labeling, labeling that experience that comes from moment to moment. Now, it's not a passive approach either right? It's, 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 it's not that we're just sitting there in pain passively as a victim. We could do things like, there you are, anxiety. Come in, let's have a cup of tea. Come in. I want to hear your stories today. What do you got for me? You know, and imagine bringing that anxiety in and simply seeing it for what it is, labeling the stories for what they are, feeling things for what they are and labeling them as heaviness, tightness. So when something comes up, simply labeling it with one word, my heart is beating, right? And you can do it. It doesn't even have to be within anxiety. I would tell clients many times throughout the day, we want to be able to just drop in your body. How's your right elbow doing today? How are your teeth doing? How are your eyebrows doing? Just check in so that when something comes up, hey, my heart's beating. 
Okay. I can feel some pressure on my heart. Not, Oh my gosh, my heart is up to 130. Oh my gosh. The pressure is so bad. Oh my gosh. I'm having a heart attack and die. I'm going to die. No, we don't need the story. That's not acceptance. We're labeling it without the story. So let's do another quick practice. I find that practicing is always so good. So for the next few seconds, I just want you to simply note, note, this is just what I was talking about earlier, whatever sense is most predominant for you. So if you're by a window, like I always sit right by a window. So if a bird catches my eye, I actually have a bunch that they must nest right on my rooftop here. Um, I would notice seeing, I can hear the hum of my computer listening. Right. So just whatever catches your eye, whatever catches your hearing, if you can feel something, you know, in, in your body, that's feeling. So if you feel a stabbiness in your lower back, like I am right now, if that, you know, thought pops up, oh my gosh, I hurt so bad. Ah, no, it's just okay. Stabbing. Feeling really is even better. So simply noting to yourself, what sense takes over in your predominant experience? So just take a couple more seconds. Whatever sense comes up, I'm just labeling it. And if it's thinking, it can be thinking too. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. I hope that you found this helpful. I do go into a lot more detail about this. I know I'm deep diving into anxiety in this podcast, but there's still always so much you can do. I mean, it's about practicing it and implementing it and having that guided supervision and someone to consult with to be able to bounce off ideas. So I do go into a lot more detail about how we make the brain resistant through mindfulness and acceptance in my anxiety compass mastery program. And that's where you can get a lot of that consultation support. And I also have weekly consultation calls as well. So if you'd like to deep dive into me, if you're a mental health professional and work with some of your anxious kiddos and get some consultation, I'd definitely be happy to chat with you. So you can look up my information, uh, email me or book a call. I would love to even hear from you and find out about your practice and what you're up to and, and what you're enjoying and maybe even what you want to hear. I would love to hear that, making sure that my podcasts are actually going to be helpful for you. So goodbye for today. Thanks again for joining me. Help those anxious kiddos be bold and courageous and and I will see you next week.